Good. All right. Are you in for, in for some interaction today? Good. All right. That's good. I, I appreciate that. Um, so let's start with this. I think we've talked about this recently, but let me start with this again. Do you know the first words in the Bible? Yeah, I figured you did, right? So it's, I mean, pretty much most people, even if they don't know the Bible, they know sort of the first words, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and we know that part, and we believe that part. That's all cool. Let me ask you this. How many of you know the last words in the Bible? Amen. That's words. Let's make it a little longer. Words. That was very interactive, and that was the right answer. Thank you for playing, but let's make that a little longer. Okay, anybody, anybody? Now you have, forever and ever. Er, no, thank you for playing too. Sorry. Okay. Oh, see, there's, they're saying in the front row that you cheated now. I take back my statement about interactive church. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So here's the last sentence in the Bible. The grace of the Lord Jesus uh, be with God's people. Amen. I've never paid any attention to that. I've read through the book of Revelation. I know the, I know the first few chapters of the book of Genesis. I've paid attention to that. But I've never just stopped and landed for a little bit on the last sentence of the Bible. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. And it just makes me wonder what happens when the grace of Jesus Christ is among God's people. When the grace of Jesus Christ kind of rests on us and moves through us. Something ought to happen. Something ought to be different when God's grace moves among us. Don't you think? And so, and, and John, who wrote the book of Revelation, those last words in the Bible, I think he says those to us to say, look, this is how the church is going to carry on. Because the grace of our Lord Jesus will be with you. Okay, that's wonderful, but what does that look like? And so I just want to take some time today and over the next couple of weekends just to see if we can figure out what does that look like? What, what change does that make? What difference does that make if the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with God's people? I want to tell you a story before we go any further, and I want to have some help with this story. Not from you guys. You're too interactive. Um, <laughs> No, no, just, you know, you're not, you can't be too interactive, but um, I got someone else I want to help tell the story. Neil, why don't you come up? This is Neil Bernhard. Why don't you guys uh, welcome Neil up, please? So you remember back at Halloween, we decided we weren't going to do a big Halloween party at Lakeside Church this year. We were going to send you out into your neighborhoods and we we're going to say, let's love our neighborhoods. And I told you, I got this great idea. Donna and I are going, actually, there's more I, are going to make hot dogs. And uh, Donna was in on it, but, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's cook up some hot dogs. And when people are trick-or-treating, let's, let's host them for a while, and maybe we'll have a chance to chat with them and, and maybe show the love of Christ just by giving a hot dog. Some of you think that's not very loving. I realize that. <laughs> but it was the best I could come up with so far, okay? Well, Neil and his wife, Liz, and their family kind of glommed on the, to that idea and made it better. And so I wanted you to hear a little bit of their story about loving their neighborhood at Halloween. So, Neil, tell us, just start with... Uh, What'd you, what'd you guys do to, what'd you decide to do to love your neighborhood? Um, well, what we did, uh, we took your idea of passing out hot dogs. We just expanded on, I mean, we, we just did hot dogs, potato chips, bottled water, and we handed out flyers to our neighborhood and said, 
We just want you to come and basically have dinner. So I handed out flyers in my neighborhood up to my mailbox neighbors. Like I've got 12 or 14 mailbox neighbors. How many flyers did you guys do? Uh, we passed out 125. Oh. Yes. Game on. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. So how was that going out and uh, passing out flyers? Was that um, fun? It was interesting. I, um, you'd be amazed that some people don't want to hear from you at all. Uh, one guy in, in particular walked up his driveway. He was actually in his entryway, and he was, like, just staring at me. And I said, hey, how's it going? And he just stared at me. I thought, is he, I don't, maybe he can't hear very well. So I'm like, uh, I went up to him, and I said, and his, he had a dog in the, in the yard and was barking, and, like, is it okay? And I'm holding this flyer. And uh, he said, it depends on what's on that flyer. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a pretty big guy, and I was like, uh, you know what, I'm going to go for it had my son with me, and uh, I walked up for there. For protection. For protection. Yeah. <laughs> He's Good. four. Um, so <laughs> I said, actually, this flyer tells you that if you come to my house tomorrow, I'm going to feed you for free. And uh, it was amazing. He's, he was like, what? what? What are you talking about? And I said, yeah, we're cooking hot dogs over at my house tomorrow. I'd like you to show up. Oh, man, this is, this is great. Oh. And I was <laughs> like, Whoa. And, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Forgive my hesitancy. You just never know what people are going to do or what they have to spout off to you. I was like, no, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. So. so all you got is free hot dogs, and we're, we're doing hot dogs, and come on That's over. Right. All right. Cheapest so, hot dogs I could find. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was a lot. Whatever. That's good. <laughs> love them, but love them cheaply. Right. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding just about that part. <laughs> you laughed too long at that one. Yeah. So tell us, so what happened? You get your barbecue out there on Halloween afternoon and you're ready to start. We were ready to go and um, setting everything out. Our neighbor who, you know, we've lived there for three years and we've tried to talk to her about Christ and coming to church and just kind of not interested. But we told her what we were doing. She said, oh, well, I'll make cookies. I've got all this cookie dough in the freezer. I'll make cookies. So we're getting everything set up. She was there. This lady pulled up to our house. It was about 4.30. It wasn't going to start till 5. Um, she said, I was just over at Trader Joe's, and there was a lady with two kids, and she's hungry, and she was asking for money. Uh, she's like, I usually don't give money to people. She said, but I got this flyer from you guys that said you're <laughs> handing out food tonight. And I said, absolutely. I said, I haven't even started the grill yet, but if you'll wait and you'll hang out for a few minutes, we'll get you hooked up. And so... That's what we did, and she lived just down the street from us, so we talked to her a little bit, sent her on our way, and five minutes later, she comes driving by, and hey, she said thanks, you know, and so I was like, awesome. So that's, you know, 4.45, 5 o'clock. My daughter told me, my seven-year-old said, Dad, I don't think anybody's going to show up. Oh. <laughs> well, okay, well, that, we had one, and it was worth it for that yeah. one, if, that, yeah. if that's what this means, and so anyways, 520, or 515 rolls around, still nobody. 520, all of a sudden, all these people just start coming down my street. And I was like, whoa, okay, I better get the grill going quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought people, I thought, you know, Halloween trick-or-treaters, I was going to throw a hot dog at them, they'd keep going down the street, you know. A couple hours, no big deal. These people came down my driveway, and we're talking like 30 people in the beginning, 
and just started talking and hanging out. People brought cupcakes. There was like a fruit tray. I was like, whoa, it's a potluck. <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I've lived here for 30 years, and nobody's ever done anything like this. This is great. This is, and they, they would ask me, you know, why, why are you guys doing this? And I told them, well, our church usually does a Halloween thing, but this year we did something different, and our pastor said, go out and serve your community. So we just want to love on you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool, right? So tell us, so that's a little bit of what happened in your neighborhood. Tell us what happened in you guys uh, through that process. Uh, I think overall, um, we just learned that people out there who don't know God, who don't know Jesus, they are thirsty for community. I mean, just as we gather here as a church, but they won't come to church. But they'll walk down their street to somebody's house, especially if you're feeding them free food. Hot dogs. They will show up. The cheapest hot dogs you can find. They will come and eat them. <laughs> 152 of them. Yeah. And, um, and, that, and that's the bottom line. If, if you're willing to do what God asks you to do, even though you're not entirely comfortable doing it, he comes through. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell this to the last, the last service, but... So you hear it, heard it here first. Yes, this is breaking news. Um, the, one of the cool things, it's just, it's just a testament to God's power. Uh, at the very end of the night, I don't know if you guys remember Halloween, it was cloudy all night, just waiting for the rain to come in. And it was at the very end of the night, we got, me and my wife, we put everything away. We had strung some little Christmas lights up above the garage. And I was pulling them down, and it, and it was when I, I turned them off. The rain just, whoosh, and we're talking rain. I just looked at my, li- at my wife, and I was like, God is so good. Yeah. You know, and so. Yeah, awesome. Did your daughter, did you tell us about your daughter, <laughs> her so, reaction to this? I, she's like, no one's going to come. No one's going to come. And so after, at the end of all this, I, I looked at her. I said, well, how was your Halloween? She said, Dad, it was the best Halloween ever. You know, that's just it's awesome. That's, that's yeah, the power it's awesome. of loving people. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, buddy. See what happens when the grace of the Lord Jesus is actively engaged in God's people. See, something has to happen. When God's grace is active among his people, something has to happen. Something changes. And that's a story of one of the things that changes. Neighborhoods change. Families change. When the grace of the Lord Jesus is active among his people. Let me show you another story. Uh, On Thursday this week, coming up, uh, we're going to have about 210 or so people. They're going to get up at dark 30 and come down here to the church and get on a bus. Or they're going to get in their car and drive to San Francisco. And the whole goal of that trip to San Francisco is not to go out to dinner at a nice restaurant for Thanksgiving. It's to serve a Thanksgiving meal with other volunteers from around the Bay Area. It's to serve a Thanksgiving meal to the 10,000 residents of the Tenderloin District in San Francisco. And there are 200 and some, 210 or so Lakesiders who are on that trip, scheduled to go on that trip to serve food at Thanksgiving in the Tenderloin. Why? Because when the grace of the Lord Jesus is active among God's people, something happens. On that same morning, at about that same time, there are about 
250 or so volunteers who are going to come down here to Lakeside Church at various hours in the day, actually, either to bring food or to serve that food to about three or 400 people who are coming from our community, and they don't have anywhere to go on Thanksgiving, and there's no one, you know, there's no family around, maybe they don't have the resources for this, and they're going to be right here in our auditorium, and 250 Lakesiders are going to serve them food. We were hoping to get 30 turkeys. We have 42 turkeys ready. You know, yeah, it's good stuff, right? And what is that? That's just the fact that, you know, the grace of the Lord Jesus is working and active among his people. And when he is, and when his grace is, something changes, like a community changes. What do you think will happen in the the Tenderloin District this Thursday when there's all these people down there serving them food, bringing it to their apartment? What do you think will happen in the city of Folsom this Thursday when three or 400 people come to Lakeside Church and they're served Thanksgiving dinner by a bunch of people that said, I'll give up my holiday to come serve you? What is that? That's just the grace of the Lord Jesus being active among God's people. Right? All right, I'm going to tell you about that a little bit more in just a minute. Let me, would you, if you're going to San Francisco, or if you're involved here at Lakeside on Thanksgiving Day, either by making food or by serving people that food, um, would you just stand up where you are? Anybody here who's doing those things? Either trip, either, either ministry. Yeah, that's awesome. Now just stay, 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 stay. stay. Don't sit down yet. I want to pray for you guys, okay? And we're just going to pray for what God does through us in this journey. Lord, thanks for these who are standing um, before us today and before you. They have made a commitment to serve, and they are actively engaged with your grace and taking that to somebody else. So thank you for them. For those who are working here in Folsom at Lakeside, would you bless them? Would it be an amazing day? We've never done it here before, and so would you bless um, our people and make an amazing Uh, for us and through us and for those who are coming in to to eat that meal lord may it be a treat for them and may they realize that there's someone who loves them and loves their neighbors and lord for our team who's going down to the city uh, may they be safe uh, on the journey there and back and may they um, enter into that place that there's a lot of darkness there in the tenderloin and may they bring great light to that community uh, because they are motivated by your grace Lord, we ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, you guys. Appreciate that. Mm. That was awkward applause. Like, you didn't know if it was okay to clap again. Why don't you go ahead? You know, there you go. All right, so let me just, let's, let's put some words to this from the scripture. Something happens when the grace of Jesus shows up among God's people. If you have your Bible, open up to Acts chapter 11, and let's read a story where this happens. Acts chapter 11, it's still relatively early on in the history of the church, very early on in, in the history of the church, and let me just give you this story that comes in Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Luke writes this, Now, Those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. 
news of this reached the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now let's just think that through for a minute. Stephen was the first martyr in the Christian church. He was a deacon, which meant he was a server. He was, although he was, he was elected to serve tables, to wait on tables, kind of like what we'll do here on Thursday. Although he was a server, he was this man who was powerful in his spirit. He was a communicator of God's word and God's heart. And he gave this amazing message one day about the history of God's people and how it was climaxing in Christ. And they got so mad at him that they stoned him to death. He's the first Christian martyr. Well, when that happened, the enemies of Christ kind of, kind of got their courage up and they began to persecute the Christians. And when they persecuted the Christians, the Christians said, we're out of here. And they departed for all around the Mediterranean basin. Now, it's interesting to me that that's exactly what Jesus had told them to do in the first place. Remember in Matthew chapter 28, he said, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He said, go out there and do it. And what they do? They hunkered down in Jerusalem where it was safe. And then when the persecution came to Jerusalem, then they scattered. And as they scattered, as they were going, they started telling the gospel in these various places where they were. And when they got to Antioch, they said, hey, there's, there's Jewish people here and there's non-Jewish people here. Let's talk to both. And Luke says, a great number of people came to faith in Christ because the Lord's hand was on them. Now, news of that shows up back in Jerusalem. And so the mothership in Jerusalem says, hey, let's send Barnabas up there and let's, let's let him give some order to this and let, let's let him teach those people who are up there. And so Barnabas goes north up to Antioch and he, he sees not the hand of God, but the grace of God which maybe look very similar to one another. And he gets up there into Antioch and he sees the grace of God and he realizes that something happens when the grace of the Lord Jesus is active among God's people. Something changes. Something always changes when the grace of the Lord Jesus is active among his people. It says that Barnabas was glad and he encouraged them all. And it says about Barnabas, it says he was a good man, which literally means he was generous. He was this generous man. In fact, if you go back a few chapters in the book of Acts, you'll find out that Barnabas had a plot of land. He was a wealthy man. He had this plot of land and he sold it and he brought the money to the apostles to use in the church. He was a generous follower of Christ. And there's more that's said about him as you go through the story of the book of Acts. But what you find out in Antioch is when the grace of Jesus is active among God's people, good things happen. And gladness happens. And gratitude happens. And they were able to share the grace of Christ together. Here's the deal. When we get grace, grace begins to overflow. When we really get it, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't mean like just acquire it. I mean, when we get it, when it lands on us, when we understand it, when we grasp it, when we really get God's grace, then grace begins to overflow to others. You can't help it. 
when you really get it. Now, a lot of us get grace, right? A lot of us know, well, the story of Christ is about grace. And by grace are you saved through faith. And we go, oh, that's what grace is. Oh, okay, I get that. What Luke's telling us in this story is when we really get it, when we really get that grace, that grace doesn't get contained in us. It goes out from us. It overflows from us to others. It always does when we really get it. I want to give you a gift today. And for the next couple of weekends, I want to give you a gift. It's a transformative gift. I want you, if you've not received it, I want you to receive it. I want you to have it. It's a gift because it's absolutely free. But it's more than a one-time gift because sometimes we think, oh, this grace that we get, it's like, oh, I got it. Oh, I'm good. But see, it's more than a one-time gift. You don't receive grace and then have it settled. Grace is designed to be life-changing. God never gives you grace and goes, oh, there you go. You have it. That's nice. Have a nice life. God says, here's grace for you. Now let your life be transformed through that. I want to offer you something that's a little frightening for you. It's frightening because it's about change. In our mission statement at Lakeside, we talk about we want to transform as many people as possible into passionate and productive followers of Jesus. But that first word is is a little frightening when you stop to think about it. We use the word transform. One of the reasons we chose that word instead of change is because change is so scary to people. But that's what transformation is, right? It's about life change. And when the grace of God works among his people, he brings life change among us. But sometimes change is a little frightening to us, a little hard to embrace. But if you embrace it, I promise you, you will love the difference in your life. You cannot embrace grace without being grateful for what that change, what that bring, that the change that that brings into your life. You cannot. And it's a gift. And many of you have received it. But many of us have maybe misunderstood it because we thought, oh, yeah, it's, it's saving me from hell. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, I have salvation now, and that's a good thing. And those things are true, but that's not the end of grace. If that were the end of grace, I don't think John would have finished the last book of the Bible with the sentence, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be among God's people. He said that because change is supposed to happen. When we really get grace, grace begins to overflow. Now, there are four words. We're going to look at these over the next couple of weeks after today. There's four words that are constantly linked in the New Testament. The first of those words is grace. The second word is generosity. The third word is gratitude. And the fourth word is gladness. These words never show up alone, or they very seldom show up alone. They always are linked with one of those other words, or two or three of those other words. So they come together, grace and generosity and gratitude and gladness. And those four words are designed to influence the kingdom of God. And those four words are about life change. Grace, some of you know, right? Grace is about undeserved favor, undeserved blessing. You didn't do anything to earn it. You didn't do anything to get it, to acquire it. God just gave it to you. It's an undeserved blessing. 
Generosity is about liberality of giving, of my time, of myself, of my resources, of whatever it is that God has given to me. One of the ways you can translate that word is with with the word open-handed. I love that. I mean, I look at the people that are doing our Thanksgiving meals here and in the city, and I go, you're just open-handed with what God has given you. You're open-handed with your time, and you're open-handed with your energy, and you're open-handed with your turkeys and such. You're open-handed. You're generous. Gratitude, it's, it's Thanksgiving. And gratitude is Thanksgiving, and then it's Thanksgiving week on top of that. I know I'm watching Facebook, and some of you are doing like a whole Thanksgiving month, right? I think we're on day 17 of the month, and you've got all these reasons why you're grateful. That comes from grace. And the fourth word is gladness. See, when grace lands on you and you get it, and you begin to let that flow out from you to others through generosity, and then your life begins to be grateful, filled with gratitude, gladness comes as a result of that. It's this amazing grace loop that goes on and on and on. Now, it's interesting to me, those four words, they show up together in Latin, and they show up together in Greek. Latin, you get the word grazie or grazia. That's gratitude, that's grace, that's generosity. It comes from that word. In Greek, the words are kara, from which we get a name, kara, or charis, or or eucharist, like being grateful for the Lord's Supper. Or Cairo, the name of a city in Egypt, it's actually a word that means joy or gladness. They all come from the same root word because they're all tied together. See, when you get grace, it leads to generosity, and that leads to gratitude, and that leads to gladness. And they are all linked together, and they almost never show up all by themselves. Because when the grace of the Lord Jesus is active among his people, something happens. And it begins when we get grace. But not just grace like fire insurance. Like, oh, I'm saved from hell, that's good. And it's not something that we earn. And it's designed not only to set us free, but to make us different. Grasp that about grace. It is designed not only to set us free, but to make us different. If you receive the grace of God into your life, and you don't see any changes coming... You haven't yet received God's grace because it's designed to make us different. And when we really get grace, grace begins to overflow. My desire for us is that you would get it, that it would land on you, that you would understand it, that you would grasp it, and then that you would let it shape you so that not only grace is true of you, but generosity is true of you, And gratitude is true of you, and gladness is true of you. We have in our church a woman who exemplifies this. I want you to hear a little bit of her story and the things that she is engaged in because she's received God's grace. Her name is Sawa Kasabian. I believe that uh, here in Folsom, we have a real need to provide resources to 
the area of the community and surrounding Theodore Judah and Blanche Brentz Elementary School. Look down at Theodore Judah campus and draw a one mile circle around that campus. You're gonna find over 90% of the people in our community of Folsom that are in the greatest need. Well, there's this concentrated area of need that really requires resources to help families move from a place of need to a place of productivity. And I believe that Folsom's Hope, uh, a resource center, could do that for these families. Services that are currently spread out, like health care, parenting resources, resources for the students, will all be in one place. So there's going to be a centrality of location where people can go and have those needs met. It's a place that could bring hope, restoration, and life to families. I truly believe that God's desire for this building, that it's not just a building, that it is a place that will transform the face of our community. The Folsom Cordova Unified School District has agreed to lease us 2.5 acres of land, which will become the future home of Folsom Hope. As a school district, we are excited to be able to bring services to our families because we know that student success is really a number of factors, including being well-fed and cared for and making sure that their life is not chaotic, that they're ready to learn when they come to school. So Folsom's Hope will give us a place to provide all of those services to our students. The resources there will be various things, parent education, ESL classes, GED, I hope to have job training, I hope to have an ability to pair not just children with mentors but families with families because I do believe that transformation takes place in relationship and not just in providing resources. Many in this community have been here for years and really are kind of overlooked, <laughs> kind of underserved, that really just need a chance, a chance to, to have a different future a chance to be successful in school, in life, and, and to just have something different offered to them. The building itself will cost uh, an estimated amount of about one and a half million dollars. So on faith, that's what we're looking to raise um, over the course of the next few months. This is not, again, a project with regard to a building. This is. God's will for this community. I believe that we are literally taking back territory that is God's because Jesus is our only hope and I believe he will be Folsom's hope. Um, and his desire is that this building will be a place that people can come that will encapsulate that for them, will give them the hope that they need so that literally the face of our community will be transformed and we will be a city that people will look at and see the hand of God working in. Now, what's happening with Folsom Hope is amazing. You're, you're going to meet Sawa next weekend. We're gonna, I'm going to interview her. We'll talk about what's going on, but... We're going to try and build a building over there at Theodore Judah School where the school district is setting aside three acres of property for us to lease at a dollar a year. For us to build a building on to be able, in the name of Christ, to represent him in that community. That's impossible. Except that something happens when the grace of the Lord Jesus is active among God's people. And something changes. And that's true in Saul's life, 
as she has followed God's grace into that community and into that school and to say, how do we love our neighbors in that neighborhood? And how do we let God's grace work in that neighborhood? Well, it works by being generous in that neighborhood. And all of a sudden, there's gratitude flowing out of that neighborhood. And there's gladness in that neighborhood. Because somebody received God's grace. And it was active in their lives. When I come to you with a talk like this, one of the cool things for me at Lakeside is to say, look around. I mean, how, how active is God's grace among us? Hugely active already. And so we're calling this whole series generous. Like, well, yeah, we we are generous. You are generous. You are grasping God's grace. And those things are true of you. And what I would say in the midst of all that is, then excel still more. Continue to live in Christ's grace. Continue to let it be active in your life. And then see how it flows out from you from there. I'm going to give you some really practical ways to practice grace and to practice generosity in the midst of this series. So just let me tell you about it, and uh, then we're going to give our offering to the Lord together today. But um, two things we're going to do on December 1st and 2nd. So two weekends from now, we're going to give an offering. And I'm going to give you a couple of different options with that offering uh, to practice generosity. I'm going to ask you, and so I'm giving you a heads up now. I'm going to ask you to give your biggest Christmas gift to Jesus this year. You know, some of you got these great gifts planned. Some of you have already bought your wife a brand new Mercedes for Christmas and she doesn't know about it yet. Or whatever, I don't know. I'm going to ask you to give the biggest Christmas gift you give to Jesus. And one of the ways you might do that is through Folsom's Hope. We're, we're trying as Lakeside Church to be the, seeds, the seed planters, the sowers for the resources to make that building happen. And I don't know if, if a million and a half dollars will come from Lakeside. I don't know. I don't have that much money. I don't know if you do either, but I have some, and, I, and the grace of God is active in my life. That ought to flow out in generosity and gratitude and gladness. It all goes together. So two weeks from now, we're going to say, hey, here's an opportunity to step out in faith and let the grace of God work among us with an offering for Folsom's Hope. We're also going to give an opportunity through Lakeside for you to say, hey, I'm a Lakesider, and I want Lakeside to continue to thrive. I see the grace of God working among us, and I want to give to Lakeside to make that happen. We'll give you kind of an end-of-the-year offering opportunity for Lakeside on that same weekend. And so I just want you to know about it now. I want you to let the grace of God work in your heart now and ask him what he wants you to do. And let's see what happens when the grace of the Lord Jesus is actively involved among God's people. Father in heaven, thank you for these things. You're amazing, and you pour out your amazing grace on us, and I'm grateful for it. And Lord, we've, we've got 25 years of history now under our belt as a church, and we can look back at all these great things you've done in us and through us and among us and in our community over those years. And we praise you for them You don't ever have to do another thing without us knowing, yep, God is on his throne and he's great. And his grace is great. But Lord, we also want to pray like John did, that the grace of the Lord Jesus would be with God's people. And that you would continue to let your hand work among us. And so in these opportunities that are before us and a lot of other ones, would you build grace into our lives? Would you let that produce generosity? overflowing in gratitude and gladness towards you. Lord, we honor you in these things together through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.